Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience-sharing article entitled How I Publicly Withdrew from the CCP in a State-Owned Enterprise by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on October 7, 2023. I began to practice Falun Dafa at the end of 1998 when my mother introduced me to the practice. By the time I entered college in the early 90s, I had read a lot of books on Eastern and Western philosophy as I wanted to understand the purpose of life. I had also read theoretical books about Zen Buddhism, and sometimes I felt as if I understood some things, but more often, I did not understand what I read. I just became more confused. When I studied the teachings of Master Li, the founder of Falun Dafa, I felt that a door was opened. No one had ever explained to me the true purpose of life, and now I finally understood it and had a clear direction. I knew that this was the truth I had been searching for. Recalling the past, I believe that in order to encourage me, Master arranged for another Dafa practitioner who understood Dafa more deeply to talk to me. He told me that when he read about the Maoyo Heavenly Circuit in Dronfalun, the main book of Falun Dafa, he truly felt the energy circulating within him. I was amazed. It turned out that what was written in Dronfalun was true. In addition, my mother told me about other remarkable things that happened to fellow practitioners. Hearing about these things gradually broke through the atheist notions that I had been indoctrinated with since I was young. I loved playing sports since I was a child, especially soccer. As a result, my legs were very stiff. So I suffered a lot when I tried to sit in the full lotus position while meditating. My mother told me that some practitioners tied their legs with ropes in order to sit longer. Once I asked my mother to help me tie up my legs when I was sitting in the full lotus position. I didn't give up no matter how painful it became, and soon it was so painful that I burst into tears. When I was about to reach my limit, I couldn't bear it any longer. I suddenly felt that something was removed from my heart, and my legs no longer bothered me. At that time, I had a feeling that I could overcome anything I encountered, no matter how difficult. It was such an amazing feeling. I participated in the group exercises in the morning. The winter in northeastern China was very cold, so I usually wore gloves when doing the exercises outside. Once I saw a fellow practitioner who didn't wear gloves. I was surprised and wonder how he did it. One day I also tried it. When I got to the second exercise, I felt a sharp pain in my hands because of the freezing temperature. However, I endured. Just as I was about to reach my limit and give up, I felt heat circulating through my entire body. It was incredibly comfortable. These experiences greatly helped improve my confidence in doing the exercises. My xingxing was improving as well. I have a younger brother who did not attend college. He worked as a driver for a manager at his workplace. I was working in a state-owned enterprise. 
My father was a director in a factory, and he was given two apartments by the factory. The four of us lived in one apartment, and the other one was vacant. My parents said that the vacant one would be given to me after I got married. When I was engaged, I told my fiancé's family that we would have a separate apartment to live in. But not long before I married, my father told me, Your brother's work isn't as good as yours, and I'm afraid that he won't be able to afford an apartment in the future. You have a good job and should be capable of buying an apartment for yourself, so let's give the vacant apartment to your brother. As I had just read Drawn Falloon at that time, I knew that it was a test for me, so I agreed without hesitation. But my fiancé and her family didn't like the idea. One of them said, It was all agreed upon that you would have a separate apartment. How could it be taken away just like that? Even if you want to leave it for your brother, why can't you live in it now and move in when your brother gets married? My heart wasn't moved, and it took a lot to convince them. I promised that I would buy my own apartment with all new furniture in the future. We got married and stayed with my parents. My parents asked us to move into the master bedroom, but I insisted on staying in the smaller bedroom, and my brother stayed in the living room. A few years later, we had a child, and I fulfilled my promise and moved into my own apartment. Another amazing incident happened soon after I finished reading Falloon. At the time, I was transferred to work in the headquarters office and was quite busy. It happened to be the time of year for title promotions. I was an assistant engineer at the time, and an exam was required to be promoted and get the title of engineer. Because the titles were linked to salary, everyone valued this promotion a lot, and they were taking the training class to prepare for the exam. Since I was busy at the new position, I didn't have time to attend the training class. Only with a few days before the exam, I thought that I should go listen to what was being taught in the training class. There, I met a colleague from my previous position, and I asked her how to do a certain problem. She said, this is such a simple one. How will you be able to take the exam if you don't even know this? I told her that I had just started to attend the class, and I really didn't know. I sat in on the last couple of days of the class and then took the exam. Amazingly, I knew how to answer all the questions on the exam, and I finished it very quickly. I didn't want to be the first to turn in the exam, so I just sat there and waited. After the results came out, I got 90 out of 100 points, and only a 60 was required to pass. The colleague I'd asked to help in the training class actually failed the exam. She then told a lot of people that I didn't even know how to answer a simple question a few days prior to the exam and had consulted her. She said that there was no way I passed the exam and I must have some kind of connection with upper management. Many of my colleagues believed her and they all found me and asked me to help them to get promoted using my connections. They wouldn't believe me no matter how hard I tried to explain it. Even after so many years, there were still people asking me for help with my so-called connections. When I thought about it later on, I realized that it was Master who helped me. During the exam, it felt like my mind had opened up and I was able to recall everything I'd learned in school. All the exam questions happened to be what I was familiar with, and so I easily got a high score. Without Master's help, there was no way I would have done so well. 
When I first graduated from college and began to work, all the new graduates were asked to join the Chinese Communist Party, CCP. When I was selected and transferred to work in the headquarters office in 1995, all staff members were required to join the CCP, so I was also forced to join. After the persecution of Falun Dafa started, I regretted joining. When the Nine Commentaries on the Communist Party was published in 2004, I learned about the Communist Party's murderous history and understood its evil nature. I then used my real name to withdraw from the CCP and its youth organizations on the Epic Times website. For many years, the dues for being a CCP member were directly deducted from my salary, and I couldn't do much about it. The situation changed in 2017. The dues were no longer deducted from the salary. A co worker was assigned to ask all the CCP members to pay their party dues. I decided to take that opportunity and not pay the party dues any longer. The person who collected the dues asked me why. I said, According to the rules, if one doesn't pay the membership dues for six months, he will automatically be considered as having withdrawn from it. He said, You want to withdraw? I said, Yes. He then asked me many times and repeatedly asked me not to give him a hard time. I told him, I have my faith. This has nothing to do with you. You can just report it as required. He still approached me many more times and said that it would look bad for our workplace and for the director. This went on and on for several months. He gave up eventually and reported it to the upper management. The director of my workplace then talked to me. We knew each other from our past work and had a decent relationship. He said that I was really giving him a hard time. He tried everything he could, including inviting me to dinner and finding people who were close to me to try to persuade me. But I was unmoved, and I just clarified the truth to him. Then he began to threaten that if I insisted, I would be fired. He also had all levels of CCP personnel try to persuade me and threaten that it would affect the future of my family and my child. I strengthened my FA study and I listened to fellow practitioners sharing articles on Minghui Radio while driving. When I heard that fellow practitioners were doing such a great job validating DAFA even in prison, I thought that there was no reason why I couldn't do well. Listening to these sharing articles really gave me a lot of encouragement and confidence. Once, when I was reciting the poem Life's True Purpose from Hong Yin 4, there was a sentence that read, Quote, Good and evil clash in a soul stirring fight.、Unquote. I felt that Master inserted this sentence into the microcosm of my life. I understood that withdrawing from the CCP is a clash between good and evil in the universe, and I must stand on the side of goodness. I clarified the truth to every level of personnel, and I could clearly feel that Master was helping me. I was no longer afraid, and I had a lot of wisdom when clarifying the truth. As soon as the other person spoke, I would know where his misunderstanding was, and I could help him understand Falun Dafa. I told people about the great spread of Dafa throughout the world, the staged Tiananmen Square self immolation incident, and the CCP's organ harvesting from living Falun Dafa practitioners. 
I also showed them news on the internet about the Press and Publication Administration of China lifting the bans on Falun Dafa publications. They saw that they couldn't convince me, so they temporarily put aside the matter and stopped talking about it. I continued not to pay the dues, and no one asked me about it anymore. My son had always wanted to study abroad. Before this incident happened in 2017, I was very hesitant about it and my wife didn't agree with it either. But after this incident, I was determined to send our son to study abroad. We didn't have much time to prepare, but as my son's foundation was solid and he was going to a well-known high school, he was successfully admitted to a university in the United States. In 2017, I went with my son to the school in the United States to take a look at his new study environment. It was very nice. There were not a lot of people and there was a lot of greenery surrounded by a lake. At that time, I also considered staying in the United States. I could apply for asylum as I had publicly withdrawn from the CCP and I could also assist my son with his studies. If my asylum was approved, then my son would have also been able to stay in the United States as he was only 19. But eventually, I decided to go back to China because there were still so many predestined people in China who had not been saved, and my mission there had not been completed. I spent a week in the United States, and after helping my son get settled in, I returned to China and continued to fulfill my vow of saving people. My workplace suddenly agreed to my application to withdraw from the CCP in 2018, but I had to go through a process. First, I had to read my application in front of the CCP committee at my workplace, and then everyone there had to vote to agree, and finally it needed to be reported to the upper CCP committees. There were more than a dozen people that participated in the CCP committee meeting. When reading my application, I started from the fact that human beings did not evolve from apes, but were created by divine beings. In the end, I talked about my beliefs. Everyone was silent the whole time. They were all stunned because no one had experienced anything like that in the past. In the end, my withdrawal from the CCP was unanimously approved. It was the only successful case of publicly withdrawing from the CCP in our large state-owned enterprise. I knew that I only had this wish, but Master helped me realize it. Thank you, Master. following is an experience sharing article entitled Young Practitioner, Eliminating the Attachment to Reputation and Money by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published on the Minghui website on May 24, 2023. I grew up in a family of cultivators. Although I understood the principles of Falun Dafa from a young age, I did not genuinely cultivate myself and follow them until two years ago. In the contaminated ordinary society where morals are rapidly declining, the sacred profession of teaching has become a place where many compete to make money. Guiding students is no longer the focus. Instead, making money is. Teachers at tutoring centers contact students privately, 
They tutor students privately during holidays or on weekends to make money instead of going through the school. Teachers also make things harder for students who do not take private lessons from them. Some public school teachers run summer camps and winter camps and charge high tuition fees. It has become normal for teachers to accept money and gifts, bribes, from parents. I worked as a middle school teacher after I graduated from college. I was not really following Falun Dafa's principles when I taught my first class, and I was swayed by the temptations of reputation and money. I collected a lot of karma, and when I think about it now, I feel ashamed. Many teachers accept bribes and tutor students privately. They charge each student 200 yuan, about 29 US dollars, for every two hours. The tuition fee is considered low. If a teacher tutors more than 12 students and makes 2,000 yuan, it's considered easy money. One can make tens of thousands of yuan each month. Many young teachers are able to purchase a house in a couple of years just from the income they make from tutoring students. I was not mature enough in my cultivation at that time, so I could not help but feel envious of those young teachers. Two teachers planned to hold private tutoring sessions during a long school break. They suggested I do the same and said, we can barely live off the salary we make in school as teachers. I used to substitute at a tutoring center in the past. The compensation I got for teaching one private lesson was more than I made substituting at the center for an entire day. So I asked my students if any of them wanted to sign up for private lessons. Several signed up. I only taught one student per day and felt quite accomplished when I made money so easily. When I think about it now, I feel quite remorseful. I was so easily tempted by making money that I indulged myself and felt complacent. I even thought I was capable and able to make money. Perhaps the principles of Dafa were embedded deep within my heart from a young age. I felt uneasy making money this way. So, after the school break, I stopped giving private lessons. However, I already acquired karma. I felt that I did not live up to the standards of a Falun Dafa disciple. I also felt that it wasn't my place to tell them the truth about Falun Dafa and the persecution. I was touched when I read other practitioners, who were also teachers, talk about their experiences on the Minghui website. I felt that I hadn't cultivated myself well when I compared my behavior to theirs. Not only were they selfless, they also excelled in their duties as teachers and did not take any bribes or gray income. They tutored students at no charge. They also clarified the truth about the persecution of Falun Dafa to students and parents and were guided by Falun Dafa's teachings and principles in educating their students. Their students and their parents were grateful to these practitioners. Part 1. Rectifying My Behavior Two years ago, I began diligently following Falun Dafa's principles and gradually rectified my behavior. I understood that what I did in the past was unethical and generated karma. Master, Falun Dafa's founder, asks us to always think of others. However, my actions and behavior were sometimes worse than that of a non-practitioner. It may have seemed as if I benefited materially by teaching private lessons and receiving gifts. However, I was giving away my precious virtue. 
accepting gifts may have also caused financial burdens on students' families, and in doing so, I created karma. I no longer spend my weekends tutoring. Not only was tutoring at private centers against the rules of being a public school teacher, violating these rules is also not aligned with the principles of DAFA. Teaching at the tutoring centers took time away from my classroom planning, and I was not being responsible to the school or to my students. Master has prolonged the time so we can better save people. How can I still think about making money and be attached to an ordinary person's happy life? I also no longer did private tutoring. Master arranged for me to take this job as a school teacher. It's an opportunity to cultivate myself while displaying the goodness of Dafa and to tell people about the persecution. It is not right for me to make money and accrue karma. I no longer wished to receive any gifts from my students' parents. Instead, I looked inward for my attachments to making money. Perhaps I still have an attachment to returning favors, or perhaps I was still greedy and wanted to take advantage of others. I am a young teacher, and many students like me. They used their savings to buy me gifts, such as flowers, lollipops, crystal balls, and small decorative items in the past during Teacher Appreciation Day. I thought that it was okay to receive gifts from students, since it was a token of appreciation and the gifts had little monetary value. Many of my colleagues posted the gifts they received during Teacher Appreciation Day on social media. I thought, what is there to brag about? I received more gifts than everyone else just by teaching one class. This year, I taught two classes, and I received even more gifts. I didn't even post the gifts I received. I detected that my attachment to showing off and vanity surfaced, but still felt unsettled when I got home. I regretted not posting the gifts. My mother, who was also a cultivator, said, Did you feel the negative substance from your show-off mentality? Indeed, I have genuinely experienced the living matter behind every attachment. Those negative living matters refuse to leave our bodies, so we feel uncomfortable. When I read the Falun Dafa teachings, I enlightened that I should not receive any more gifts from parents. In order to avoid gifts during the next Teacher Appreciation Day, I subtly informed parents not to give me any gifts. I had a gloomy Teacher Appreciation Day when parents and students did not send in any gifts. I felt envious when I looked at the piles of gifts on my colleagues' desks and felt unsettled. I was able to better balance my emotions this year since I studied the fall more. I realized I should not receive any gifts from students either because Master mentioned the fall principle of no loss, no gain. By accepting these gifts, I was exchanging them with my de, or virtue. There is an old saying, if it does not belong to me, I should not take anything, not even a speck. As a cultivator, how can I not understand this principle? In addition, receiving gifts from students might have also caused a burden on them. This might also cause competition among them when they compare what they bought me. I only cared about how I felt and disregarded my students. I withdrew 10,000 yuan from the bank several days before graduation. I put the money into separate envelopes. I discreetly told my students who attended my winter tutoring classes to take it home and give it to their parents on the day of graduation. If I did not practice Falun Dafa, I would have never done this. 
To my surprise, I was deemed an exemplary teacher the next day. I knew I did the right thing, and that Master was encouraging me. I received a huge encouragement from Master, even though what I did was so little. I also told my students not to take any tutoring classes because I would be responsible for teaching them all the materials. I also said that it is good to be grateful to your teacher on Teacher Appreciation Day, but I would not accept any gifts. I told the same to their parents. I am grateful to Master's compassionate salvation and for not giving up on me. Master has awakened me many times and encouraged me to keep up with fa rectification. I will make use of every opportunity and follow the fa rectification process, save sentient beings, and return home with Master. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.